Hello there, this is Eric Diaz and proud to share with you today's podcast. So this is our bi-weekly podcast that we do for Nativa. And what is unique about this podcast is we use data from our social listening tool, OYE, to understand, have a better insight into what do Hispanic and African-American and, and all kinds of diverse consumers, what are they saying about popular topics online? Uh, this week, uh, I'm really happy to have uh, one of our analysts, our, uh, Ari Bencomo, is uh, did a lot of research in the topic of celebrity makeup brands. So something that's uh, I'm told is really cool to be honest with you. It's not my uh, main expertise and that's why I have experts such as Ari on, on board. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the, you know, what the, um, the main brands are, which I of course have heard of some of these, which are, are really uh, well-known brands. I also have Natasha who's gonna be joining us. She's gonna be adding some of her insights um, on this study as well. And so Ari, I'm gonna talk just briefly. So the four brands that we really looked in depth on are Rare Beauty, and then we also had KKW Beauty, Kylie, Cos Kylie Cosmetics, and then Fenty Beauty. Um, so first off, if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you decide that these were gonna be the brands? Uh, did the data decide? Did you decide? Like, where, how, where did that come from? What's your, um, and you could tell, us, tell us a little bit more of a uh, background about this industry in general. Yeah, of course. So um, to talk a little bit about it. So I chose these brands by um, first I compiled like a list of the different brands that there are because there's so many. Um, there's drugstore, there's some that can be found in bigger chains like Sephora, you know. So I compiled a list of some of the biggest ones. And then I did uh, an analysis on each of them to see which ones had the most um, which ones had the biggest audiences online. And once I had that list, I narrowed it down and chose like the top five, which were the ones that you uh, just listed. So um, to talk a little bit more about them. So like, is it like, I think it's like four. So it's gonna be Kylie Cosmetics, which is obviously owned by Kylie. And then it's, uh, we have Rare Beauty, which is Selena Gomez. KKW, which is Kim Kardashian, and Fenty, which I think are honestly some of the biggest names in general. Like I know that Jessica Alba has her own line, which is Honest, but that one's like more drugstore. And I mean, they do have products and there was a lot of people talking about it. And there was also other celebrities such as Lady Gaga, which came out with her own line as well. But I feel like these act these four brands were the ones that were had the most conversations at least during the three month period in which i collected the data which was from february 18th to april 19th these were the ones that had the most um like biggest audiences at least and then so Ari, when i'm looking at the graph uh right here and, and for those that you can see i can see that it does look like there's a number of different ethnicities that were found here so if you would tell us, Ari, a little bit more about what you saw as far as who was talking about it. What was the mix between Hispanics, Black, et cetera, for these brands? Yeah, of course. So um, for a lot of them, there was like a lot of Hispanic audiences, like across the board. There was a lot of um, th that was like a big segment as well as white Americans. Um, I think that it was interesting to see that for Rare Beauty, it was like a resounding amount of Hispanics simply because um, I think it was 
like you I already kind of like knew Selena Gomez as like um like I think her most latest album it was either in Spanish or she has made like span like she appeals to that audience as well like a Hispanic audience so I think it was cool to see that it like even like things like her makeup brands are also resonating I think with that audience as well simply because like I said she already has like a foot in the door with them and so I think that was also visible here uh kkw also appeals to like a more hispanic audience um and also like a larger um black american audience so that was interesting to see very good yeah i just see that uh it, it was yeah very very impressive to see rare beauty at 51 percent hispanic that's really really high and then black americans fenty beauty was the highest at 28 percent. and just curious uh you know, if, if you guys, uh, if I can ask any of the females in the room, um, you know, what, what do you guys like? Is there any of these that that uh, you've used or you would uh, or you've heard like your I don't know, your family members use things like that? What's your personal experience with any of these brands? I can hey, so go ahead. This is Natasha. Um, I'm, I apologize for running a few minutes behind. Uh, but yeah, this is a great report. So I'm really excited to join the conversation, Eric and, and Ari. Um, you know, I think for my personal experience, one of why I'm so excited about this is because um, these brands are really represented by celebrities. They have more of the same skin tone that I have. And that's always been a challenge since I started wearing makeup, you know, as a teenager was finding the right shade in the right color, you know, not too dark, not too light. And it's been really hard. And I think in the past maybe 10 years, we're starting to see more of an awareness in how um, diverse in the different skin tone the women's have. And especially as the United States is becoming more multicultural and mixed race, um, some of these brands of course, they're going to increase more in, in sales and popularity. So I think for my personal experience, I have used Fenty before and, and I really like it. Um, I think I, I haven't really had uh, tried uh, Red Beauty, but I, I definitely want to try some of the products used by seeing some of the reviews and by seeing this report. Ari. Have you had the opportunity to try some of this makeup? Yeah, so um, actually... I, it's not that I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I just, um, my friends are huge. Like people around my age, I think are, were huge on like Kylie cosmetics when like, because like, you know, lip fillers are huge right now. Lip kits, mm -hmm. kind of lip kits the fact that your lips can like increase in size is just like, it's everywhere. And I mean, I have, I mean, not, I don't have like big lips, but I, that wasn't like something that appealed to me necessarily. So I never really got into that fad where I was like, Kylie's lip kits but for Christmas I gifted those like crazy like like on Black Friday I would go and like shop Kylie for sure so I understand where all the hype is coming from especially from that brand Rare Beauty I haven't really heard about um but like I do I did know it existed like I mean I don't really like I don't seek out her products but I did hear like some conversations surrounding it especially like on Twitter too like I I don't and I got like I, I saw some of those tweets um Fenty Beauty like you said I think when they first launched it was like one of it was like super um super popular because in that time I think in Sephora I, it had like the largest range of skincare like of like skin color foundations so like it had like the widest range and like you said I definitely agree with that like I just gave up on it like trying to find mm -hmm. a foundation that fits my skin color just didn't didn't like I just it was like a lot because like you have to take into account undertones so I just don't wear foundation anymore um 
but if I did I would definitely like I know that like people rave about Fenty and I do have some of her highlighters which I have to say are amazing so I can see what like why these brands are definitely some of the most talked about Right, right. And I think a lot of the brands also are doing partnerships with some of these celebrities and they're creating different palettes and different, just like a one-time promotion of very exclusive lines. And those are really great too. And I think you mentioned Sephora. I think Sephora, Ulta, they're doing a really good job also in developing some of those partnerships with, with people who, um, you know, are mixed race. Um, and create a very unique set of palette. And I wish sometime they will actually continue with some collections because sometimes I buy some of those products and I love it, but then it's sold out and you can't buy it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really smart with how they like that and like using that online platforms and giving people, because like I said, just it really came down to like that representation, like Rare Beauty, Fenty Beauty, and every other of like Rihanna's like excursions into different like markets. She's always very like, inclusive and I think that's also very important because like you said it just like it just includes so many more people it just widens your base of like people who can try out your products and I mean yes it brings her in more revenue but at the same time it like satisfies consumer needs like people Absolutely. that need a darker foundation they have access to that and they can promote her brand while doing it too so I think it's just smart overall but yeah yeah so what was the inside when you did the language analysis were you surprised among an analyzing Hispanic conversations? I mean, when you look at it, um, so like a lot of them like are predominantly like English, but like when I look at Rare Beauty and I see that a lot of them are bilingual, I wasn't really surprised. Like I said, I was kind of like expecting hopefully that. I mean, it was just like, it just kind of confirmed that idea that um, it's it was interesting to see that because Selena Gomez had such an appeal with already like I think Hispanic audiences that they were more, willing and more exposed to her products and like her like her fan base was just like a lot of people like talking about her products in um um in both Spanish and English because she appeals to that I think I have an example here I can bring it up really quick yeah. so let me see I will say I was a little surprised that there was such a lot of conversations in Spanish especially in the beauty industry um, with a lot of women, you know, they're more expressive perhaps and sharing an opinion or, or any specific feeling. Um, that was a little surprising. They just, and I think for Fenty, there was really no Spanish at all. If anything, um, I think it was the rare beauty they had the most Spanish, but it's still, it was not even like a 1% of conversation. So I was very surprised by that. Yeah, so you can see like this person is um like in the Glamour Beauty Awards. So like this person knows about like they're probably they, they tweeted in Spanish, but like they like uh, they hear about these products, like they talk about these products and these awards like in English. So like I said, it's just like a lot of she has like a lot of exposure in that specific uh mm -hmm. and a lot of them are and like when we get into the sentiment, we're gonna find out that a lot of these tweets surrounding her brand and her like ideals and everything are like a lot of, she receives a lot of like positive feedback which is yeah. really good to see um yeah very yeah. good yeah no it's really interesting yeah, so it's, it's interesting i think to see too that fenty also had like a pretty high bilingual percentage but like i said it's also because i think it just appeals like their products are centered around reaching those diverse audiences so right. obviously you're gonna get diverse feedback so i think that's that's interesting to see yeah, and I think looking at the Latino index, um, we're analyzing the level of affinity with the language from Hispanic, fluent, 
fully Spanish to fully English and, and anything in between, um, you know, it's very much correlate with the language analysis where we see the L1, which is English dominant, um, the one that really had the majority of conversations across all the um, brands that you have analyzed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, like we said, it's usually, um, it's always see this with a lot of our different um, reports. It's usually English, like predominantly people born here, right? like, you know, that are accustomed to certain trends that usually tweet. But I think like you, like you can see in Rare Beauty, once again, it's just um, you have an English preferred, but they still kind of dabble in that, uh, like, maybe, you know, t tweeting in both Spanish and English. And uh, so for like, she, Rare Beauty, once again, also had like that higher L3, so bicultural. So um, it's Spanish content. And I like that one tweet that I showed, like, you know, people will tweet about her products in Spanish and like be aware of English trends, like trends going on here, but like tweet about it in Spanish. So that was actually pretty cool to see too. Um, but for other brands, it's actually like severely under indexed. So other brands aren't clearly like just very predominantly English, which I mean was kind of expected as well. Yeah, it does seem like the like L5s or, you know, if there is a little bar, it's very small. So like not very much of just yeah. Spanish only. So yeah, yeah, hand in hand with the other one, as you mentioned, with the, uh, with yeah. the language analysis. Yeah, like Fenty and Rare Beauty have a higher like L4 still, which are traditional, which is like almost all Spanish. So um, I think that was like, like, well, KKW and Kylie almost very little. No. Curious to see, Ari, what, uh, what did you see as far as the age breakdown for Black and Hispanic? Yeah, of course. So I think um, for like for those demographics, for the largest group discussing makeup brands, it was like 18 to 24 year olds for Hispanic, at least. And I think that that's like a lot of the people that you would find using Twitter, a lot of the people that you would find like, you know, Selena Gomez came up with them. Like I my parents probably wouldn't would not like be like oh even though they know who selena gomez is they probably wouldn't be like i'm gonna try her makeup brand or tweet about it so it's i think not really their target audience right yeah, exactly so i think they did a good job on that like their target audience is the one who is talking about it 18 to 24 year olds still 35 to 40 40 year olds like still like very interested in that um so yeah and i think oh yeah so um so yeah, those were the biggest ones. So for this, I would say like, like you said, they're reaching their target uh, demographic, which I think their largest ones would be like 18 to 24 year olds, 25 to 34 was still pretty big. And then 35 to 44 year olds, which is also, like yeah. I said, you, like, I, I think that's like to be expected. And then when you move on to black Americans, um, not a lot changes. It's still a lot of 18 to 24 year olds. Although for rare beauty, there is a lot of 35 to 44 year olds. Um, so it was just, um, I think it's just like still the same three major categories. And it's just like very interesting to see how across, even across both brands. It's yeah, no, pretty consistent. I think that is super interesting when you compare the ages and Fenty and Rare Beauty uh, for black um, consumers, there's just there, that, that gap, the 35 to 44 preference with Rare Beauty and the younger demographic for, for Fenty. Um, that was a little bit surprising for me just to, to know those insights. And I think it comes down again when we're talking about marketing and strategies, you know, assuming the 
choose the one age, um, one target fits for the whole industry um, and kind of having that total market approach, you know, is, is that when you start failing and seeing perhaps some of the result um, not performing as you expected, because you don't really take the time perhaps to understand it within those different products or within the different brands in the same industry, there are certain nuances or certain characteristics that will differentiate one product from the other. And this is a great example. Um, the one that you shared in here on the um, generation analysis among blacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it, I think that it's just, they're doing a really good job with when it comes to like their marketing with reaching a wide amount of like people and being like, cause I, when I see, when I was looking at these suites, it was literally people of like all ages, right? Like, you know, races and um, like different, like male or like female, like, you know, it's just, everyone was, everyone, these products are becoming very accessible and popular because of their inclusivity, I think. And that's reflected here. And then Absolutely. if we move on to like the gender analysis, which is like what I was talking about um, for Hispanics, it was uh, predominantly females, which I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of females buy makeup. So, um, but still I was surprised by the amount of male conversation. So among Hispanic consumer for Fenty, I mean, it's pretty equal. It's 49% male and 51% female. Um, do you have any examples maybe that you can share, um, you know, of not necessarily with the brand, but actually males talking about these different products and makeup? Yeah, I do. Because like I said, I think once again, it comes down to these brands being like pioneers in trying to be more inclusive. So because of this, like, some like in one of my examples, it was Pablo in uh, in in relation to Rare Beauty, um, because she uh, Selena Gomez released uh, uh, I think it's like a it's a primer, and it helps like you know if for people who aren't familiar with makeup, it just helps everything settle a little bit like better, not crease. So someone uh, Pablo mentioned that he will be purchasing this product, and like I have more examples um, following after this one, but like I said, it's just like. Um, these brands, Rare Beauty and Fenty, which have like pretty high and also like KKW had like, um, like had like a lot of like females, but like um, the ones that kind of strive to be more inclusive have a lot of like more like have male, some male tweets because people of all ages and races and sizes are using these products. Um, like, so when moving and in contrast, it's actually this one I was surprised by that there was more in the, when we look at the black American analysis, um, you see that there are more males and yeah. yeah. So like you have like, and then there's people like, like I said, they just promote your brand as well and talk about it online. Um, Rob here showed his example of him rocking the Fenty beauty, like the, Oh, I think it was the, yeah, the rare beauty eyeliner and um, liquid. So, you know, they just like, talk about the product online and it's just giving a platform to people to like and like you said if you look here it's people who um maybe didn't feel included with other brands because they couldn't find the right foundation or they couldn't find you know so just being mm -hmm. having access to them to this is really helpful to them and gives them a place to like actually like oh you know this is a product that I can vouch that I can say works and I love the brand and actually feel confident and good about using the brand which was something that unfortunately like other people like Kylie didn't have because 
uh, a lot of people, she's, I mean, I feel like Kim Kardashian and Kylie are two very big names in like celebrities, just in general, mm-hmm. like constantly seeing them in the news. And so like, they're constantly under fire for something. So like, that's already like, they get a lot of publicity. Sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's good, like good, but either way that just promotes their name. And so like, although Kylie and Kim are big names, a lot of the tweets surrounding Kylie were not necessarily the best. And we can see that when like, we move on to like sentiment analysis. Um, When we scroll down, like we see that um, Kylie had some negative, Fenty had some negative sentiment too, but it was more so like a criticism and not necessarily her brand itself, but like the products, like some people were like, oh, this caused me breakouts or, oh, like the, I wish, like just like ways to improve the product when it came to Kylie it was like a very big thing going on at the moment where one of not her makeup artists but a makeup artist friend her makeup artist friend got in a car accident so she started a GoFundMe or promoted a GoFundMe for that and everyone there was just a lot of backlash saying you know why don't you just pay for it you're a billionaire like why don't you just pay for his bills so that was just like some of the negative sentiment like rare beauty had very little but if any a lot of kylie cosmetics um negative sentiment was in relation to that Uh, yeah Yeah. that's always uh that's that's always uh, i guess kind of disappointing or whatever you know people like will will give negative sentiment to a whole brand because obviously like you can't help everybody you know yeah you might be a billionaire but like you can't give away on every single thing so like it's you know, she, I don't, I think it's unfair to say that, you know, for, you know, and, and yet it still does bring negative sentiment, you know, too. So that's, that's something that um, I, I think we see from time to time is things that just, you know, we'll, we'll get caught up in something similar and we'll get added into the negative sentiment for a brand kind of unfairly. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, it's just like, it's just like, that's what that, but I think it's a double-edged sword if you really think about it, because as a celebrity, when you launch your own makeup brand, you're going to have to realize that your name is obviously going to bring attraction to your brand. So like, it's a good thing, like for Selena Gomez, where she like her name, her past act, like acting career, her singing career, she was able to launch this very successfully, because a lot of people appeal, like she appeals a lot of positive things to them, or like they connotate that to her. Versus like, when you think of like Kim Kardashian, who was like, a lot of people, she just always receives like a lot of criticism, like, well, how did you even start your career? What are you even known for? Like what, when you, you know, like, that's just a lot of what I hear, at least from them. And then you look at Kylie, and like, even when she became like a, she was uh, Forbes announced her as like a billionaire people were like well she's not a self-made billionaire you know like she had her parents so there's always that controversy surrounding it so I think that's like like I said like that double-edged sword when you become when you launch something you're gonna receive that that negative sentiment that's just accompanied with your name like your name already has like some like an emotional tie I guess with audiences because they already know you for something yeah and then, if the people that like you will probably go hard for you, but the people that don't are probably going to criticize you for everything. But what is interesting too is that only Kylie is the one who actually has the name on the cosmetic line. If you look at the other ones that you analyze, none of them have their names. So you have Road Beauty, you have Fenty. So unless you're familiar with the industry, unless you're up to the news, you might go to a store and you might see 
Fenty Beauty, and you might not realize who's behind the brand, uh, except for Kylie, who you recognize the name. So I always, you know, I thought that was very interesting, you know, as we're talking about Kylie and how much negative feedback she got because she has her name in every product that she has launched versus the other ones. They have a brand name that is not necessarily tied with their personal name. Yeah, and that's why a lot of the negative tweets. Um, I think in like if we look at Black American, she yeah, she has a lot worse. She, yeah, her negative sentiment just goes up, and I think it has to do like I said, just um, back to like just different topics. Like it wasn't necessarily even about like that makeup artist that was hurt because she later came out in a statement and said, you know, this isn't even my makeup artist. Like this is my friend's makeup artist. Like I'm trying to help, and people still like you know you could do more, but like other people criticized her. Um, I have an example here. Uh, this user mentioned that she doesn't even pay, pay a fair wage, like a livable wage to, um, she exploits the, like the labor that goes into making her, her products, that she exploits those individuals who work for her. So um, yeah, so it's just, like I said, it just, it comes with being a celebrity, I guess, like you're, right. gonna, you're just gonna get backlash um and having your name in the spotlight but like I think you like you said it's I think it's very smart to like it's not like Selena Gomez beauty it's rare beauty it's not Rihanna Rihanna's Fenty beauty it's Fenty beauty I think it is Fenty beauty by Rihanna maybe but it's just people know as like Fenty and I think it is also the last name of her family one of her family members her dad maybe so it's still like in relation to her but um it still kind of is a way to compartment like compartmentalize you're different yeah and you know still i think we're talking about some of the negative sentiment but overall uh the majority of the conversations are positive more than than positive which is something that we don't usually see when we do an analysis you know i think the most perhaps that we see is like 50 percent or maybe 60 percent here we're talking about 90 percent of positive feedback across this brand so um, definitely there is a lot of um, support among Hispanics and Black consumer across these four brands. And, and, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, is that these are some of the brands that are taking the initiative to be more inclusive. And I think when we're looking at that sentiment analysis, we start seeing how the positive feedback that they're receiving for the target market that they're going after. Yeah. And I, I would just say, as the great Biggie Smalls once said, haters are always going to hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's very, yeah, and it's very, very, very true. Like, you, and it's very noticeable here. Like, you're, but I think it's also important to take into that into account because these people, your, your audiences and your fan base is what basically gave you your platform in the first place. So I think it's also like, it's like, I don't know in Kylie's case, like what she can do. Cause I feel like no matter what she's going to do, like, it's still going to be like, well, you did this wrong. So I don't know what they like, how they're going to solve it. But like, I think it's just important to just be like very genuine and very, like, because a lot of these brands I've seen, like, I, like, this is my, like, demographic a lot of the time, like, you know, people that buy these products, so I, like, see online that individuals are, like, a lot of these companies are started, and they just use the name, but they don't really, like, a lot, I think one of these brands, or one of the brands that I looked at was sold off, actually, so the actual artist no longer even, I think it was KKW, I don't know if Kim Kardashian is actually the owner of KKW Beauty, that's why she's just kind of neutral here, like, I don't know, why Kylie's on Cody, Cody Cosmetic? So she still has the name, and I think she still is part of the creative process. But it's actually part of a global company. 
yeah so like I, I'm not sure like I said I could be wrong but Ky- I'm pretty like Ky- Kim Kardashian is like if she sold off that name or for whatever reason it's just a lot of more like even more criticism can come to their name and damage their reputation when it not when it doesn't necessarily you know they're not as involved in the process so it's like so versus like Fenty where she where step by step you know you have to be very intensive with these products absolutely and yeah if we can maybe just skip the the location but talk about what are some of the trending keyword the hashtags that you saw for this analysis yeah like i mean when we, if we do talk about location it's basically the same ones that we tend to see very popular new york los angeles um atlanta baltimore like very popular cities very popular um locations so yeah they're just very what we see yeah but when we look at like the word cloud I have, I think, examples of what I was talking about before, that it was uh, just either positive sentiment, like I said, um, in regards to rare beauty. And so some of, some of the top words were love. And in this tweet, this one user um, mentioned, you know, she was promoting, she did not like on purpose, but she did online. She promoted uh, rare beauty's product, saying that she's wearing it while she got to meet Selena Gomez. And then she's like, I love Selena. So just overall good good lot like you know i love this product which is i think a very popular thing like when i find a product too, i'll just be like i love this eyeliner i love so it's like a lot of people tweeting about that and um so someone also said once again like i usually love kylie's jenner's lip kits which is like a huge uh product of hers and a success with her lip kits so i love her matte lip kits but this is the amount of product that you have to sharpen to get pigment. So I think you just like lose a lot of like, like, you know, you, you spend money and then you have to sharpen it all away. So someone was mentioning, so it's still like a negative sentiment, but these are some of the tweets that people like, they overall kind of love these products, but they just kind of have some feedback. And that's, a, that's a really good uh, insight there, Ari, with love, you know, like you know, how often it gets seen. Yeah, that's something that I, I really, I really uh, enjoy that because it's nice to see, you know, how often I know in our tool, we can dig into like, well, when they said love X amount of times, this is what they said also with that. And uh, yeah, great insight on that one. Yeah. So it was like overall positive, but sometimes a positive with like some constructive criticism. Like I love this, but, but, <laughs> and then- yeah. And I think the other interesting um, insight here from this chart, they, for those who can actually see the screen, is that with OYE, we have the capability also to analyze emojis. And in this case, you actually have two particular emojis that are trending. Um, so I can't really see from my screen yeah. what are those two images, but maybe you can talk a little bit yeah, about it. Maybe can translate I those. I can yeah. try to like zoom in. Yeah, but it's like the knives and I, I can't see the bottom one, but for the knives, it was more like, it just in like descriptive into like the looks. I like, it was just like, pillow looks or something so it's just like funny but it wasn't necessarily there was that was still pretty popular like a pretty popular emoji in description to makeup and then um I also have an example of, of what I was talking about when it comes to Kylie cause like Kylie Jenner so it's like I love helping people and would do anything to help someone in need and if you were a billionaire I would be asking I wouldn't be asking my fans to donate money to help pay for a makeup artist to get surgery I'd pay for it myself so like I said just very harsh and very like the point like this is what you should be doing. And so like, 
and like I said, that was also it once again captured the word love because like I love helping people, and but it's still like as a criticism to the brand. Right. So like I, although I, you know, like just showing some positive sentiment, but um, like and that they also use the word makeup artist. So that was also the second most popular word when we look at Black Americans. Um, it dif- it differed from Hispanic online conversations because like the top word was like Rihanna, and um, I think around this time she released um, a product. So there was also like a lot of conversation surrounding her. And there was just like a lot of news surrounding these in specific individuals, which is probably why also. Um, so like just people backing her up. So Melanin Monroe, that's like, that's a pretty funny name, like a play on words. She like describes how like, just like people obviously do associate Fenty beauty with Rihanna. So they also like have positive things to say. That's about- so funny, Ari, that, you know, uh, we actually work with her. That's so funny. I, I, I did not notice that before. She, uh, yeah, with our Nativa brand, she actually works for uh, one of our clients that got to be and does, uh, does promotions with them. Yeah, so like she was, she was, yeah, she was tweeting about that. So like I said, I think it just reaches like a, like, like a lot of influencers as well. They love working with these brands. I think not only because of like, it's, it has products that they genuinely like, but the brand, what it stands for, I think a lot of millennials and uh, Gen Z are looking to not only work with brands that they like their products, but they like what they stand for. So I think it's like really interesting. I think it's really cool to see it like coming to fruition here with people talking about the brands either positively or negatively. Um, Yeah, and like, uh, so yeah, so Fenty Beauty had to release the drop foundation called the drop of a foundation called ease drop blurring skin tint um and let me see if i can pull up some of these tweets because there was like obviously like looking forward to it i think this one did receive some like mixed um some mixed uh feedback but this like this one i can already imagine like during the summer this it was a great time to launch it too like or like Hopefully quarantine is lifting soon. So everyone's going to be able to show off their makeup looks <laughs> go out in public. So everyone's talking about how this summer, you know, it's going to be, I think she did a great job launching it during this time. But let me see if I can find another picture. Yeah. So I love Rihanna's ease um, drop blurring skin tint. So like everyone was tweeting about Rihanna. That's why it was like the number one uh, tweeted thing. Like it was, or tweeted word it was just rihanna's recent drop and especially around uh, the black american community who obviously like i said when they dropped the shade range it was just amazing to see like how diverse it was so it's obviously like a large part of their target demographic absolutely great work this is a really interesting analysis and report very insightful um so for anyone who wants to read this white paper feel free to Log in to our website, go to oyintelligence.com. These are free to download and, uh, um, you know, ask any questions. You can reach out to us to info at oyintelligence.com as well. And stay tuned. We're going to be back in two weeks with another insightful podcast and analysis. And Eric, do you have any tips in what's going to be the next topic? Well, we've got uh, ice cream underway, so we might uh, we might be ready to roll with uh, Ari's working on a fun one with uh, with ice cream, uh, and we also are looking at uh, chips like Ruffles, 
uh, Frito-Lay, a whole bunch of those, Cheetos, hot Cheetos, all that stuff. So I mean, barbecue, summer, picnic, travel. So for, for both ice creams and chips. So what? thank you, Ari, again for doing this analysis for us and for joining us today. Yeah, this was like probably one of my favorite ones to do just because it was interesting to read all the tweets. And like I said, I actually do know about these brands and like liked some of these brands. So it was a fun one to do for me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Well, stay tuned and join us in two weeks.